This edition of the podcast is brought to you by the Weekly Standard 2016 Caribbean Cruise, December 4th through 11th. Let's face it, after this election season, we're all going to need a drink and a chance to get away. And what better way to rest up, recover, and get ready for the battle ahead than to join your Weekly Standard favorites like Bill Crystal, Fred Barnes, Steve Hayes, Jonathan Last, Matt Labash, and Matt Continenti on a beautiful Caribbean cruise. There'll be plenty of opportunities for one-on-one conversation with your Weekly Standard favorites, plus special guests like Eric Erickson of TheResurgent.com, Mary Catherine Hamm, Molly Hemingway of The Federalist, and Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist Michael Ramirez. You'll enjoy daily panels and speeches, private cocktail parties, and nightly dinners with your fellow guests and speakers. To learn more or to reserve your cabin, go to WeeklyStandardCruise.com. This is one year when we all need something to look forward to. So look forward to the Weekly Standard 2016 Caribbean Cruise, December 4th through 11th, weeklystandardcruise.com. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Tom Jocelyn with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies and a great new piece along with Steve Hayes about President Obama and Gitmo. Uh, Tom Jocelyn, what's going on? Well, you know, as we report, I think over time, the administration has been uh, transferring or transferring riskier and riskier detainees. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've highlighted for a number of years now is that when President Obama came into office in January 2009, uh, he was dealing with a predominantly high risk population, according to the U.S. military and intelligence officials who had assessed all the detainees at Guantanamo. And the population that's left now Uh, are all detainees who were previously deemed either too dangerous to transfer by President Obama's own task force, which concluded its work in January 2010, or were uh, referred for prosecution. And so we're at the point now where the detainees who are being transferred out of Guantanamo are guys who even President Obama's own task force once decided shouldn't be transferred, at least several years ago determined that, and uh, in some cases guys who even the task force said should be prosecuted. And instead of being prosecuted in several cases now, they've actually been transferred. I want to talk to you for a second about President Obama's obsession with shutting down Gitmo. Before we do, a couple of fact assertions. Josh Ernest said this week that the uh, latest report shows that the people they're releasing are not getting into any trouble. The recidivism rate is only 6%. That was the number that he used. That was different from what I've seen reported elsewhere. How dangerous are the people that we've been releasing the last few years? So what the administration is referring to when they, they quote that percentage is just the number of uh, uh, detainees who were transferred by the Obama administration. So it doesn't refer to the overall pool. And referring to 6% is actually he's referring to the number of confirmed recidivists uh, under Obama. It doesn't include the other 6.8% who are suspected recidivists. So to say it's 6%, I didn't see the exact quote, but if they're claiming it's 6%, that actually undercounts the number of recidivists, even according, you know, even during the Obama years, and it undercounts it, of course, going back through time to the Bush years, where far more recidivists, uh, according to the ODNI, came out of Bush administration transfers. But you know, there, there's there's some subtlety here that's lost in all of this because this is a highly charged ideological issue, of course. Um, but one of the one of the nuances here is that if you look back through the reporting by the the U.S. intelligence community through the years, they previously said it takes about two and a half years for detainee go to go from being transferred from Guantanamo to when he is first detected as a recidivist. So if you look at just the recidivist population, uh, on average, it's about two and a half years that somebody goes from being transferred to being included on the recidivist list. 
And what that means is that you could have guys who are transferred right now who wouldn't show up in the director of national intelligence statistics, and they may become recidivists in the next year or two years or three years. Uh, that's the average sort of uh, timeline on that, according to the, the methodology used by the administration itself. So it's all this is sort of undercounting sort of the risks involved here or underestimating them. Uh, the bottom line from my perspective is you have to look at it from the whole sort of pool of detainees that we're dealing with here. And the bottom line is these decisions have been made with an increasingly risky pool of detainees. So you know, early on, the Bush administration decided that um, you know, not all the guys at Guantanamo should be held there. And it transferred most of the, the quote unquote low risk detainees that they were assessed. So these are guys who weren't thought to be uh, that problematic. It then moved on to the that was our green light detainees, so-called. Then there was this yellow light. If you think of this as a traffic light, then there's the yellow light detainees who are medium risk who were transferred. The Bush administration starts transferring them. And a lot of them are gone by the time President Obama takes office. By the time President Obama takes office, he's left with a majority red light detainees, according to the U.S. Uh, according to Joint Task Force Guantanamo, which assessed them. And red light detainees, now JTF Gimmo oversees the facility, of course, Michael, red light detainees were considered the highest risk of the population. So even within the Guantanamo population, these are relative assessments, the population that President Obama was left with was predominantly red light, uh, red light population. And I think that that's part of the story that's missed here. So now they move forward, the administration moves forward, and he sets up this task force in January 2009 to evaluate all 240 detainees who are left at Guantanamo. And his own task force decides to transfer about two-thirds of them. Two, about two-thirds are approved for transfer or conditional detention, meaning they could be transferred eventually. But his, his task force says, well, the remaining one-third, they should either be held in a law of war detention because they're too dangerous to transfer right now, and we don't think we can successfully prosecute them, or we should prosecute them. So what you're dealing with now, and what we have been dealing with for, for some time, is that we're dealing with that one-third of the population that President Obama's own task force said – shouldn't be transferred and should uh, and, and some of whom could be prosecuted. And now those guys are the ones who are being approved for transfer by periodic review, a periodic review board. One of the concerns about uh, the current environment is you get a, quote, lone wolf, a single actor and how much damage they can do. Look at Orlando. One guy uh, you know, by himself on scene. We don't know about the encouragement from ISIS, et cetera. And this is people with no skills. What are the skills that these detainees that President Obama is trying to get out of Gitmo, what are the skills that they have that could be used to deadly effect against the West? Well, let me give you an example of a guy who was transferred in 2012. His name is Ibrahim Al-Khosi. And if you look back at the press reporting at the time, he was widely described as bin Laden's cook, sort of his errand boy, these types of things. And he eventually agreed to a plea deal under the military commission system that basically he was going to provide some cooperation against other detainees, and in exchange for that, he would be transferred to his home country of Sudan. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Kosi was not just some errand boy for Bin Laden. He was a guy who was trusted with, with al-Qaeda's finances and really operated at the upper echelon of al-Qaeda prior to his detention at Guantanamo. And uh, when he's transferred to uh, his home country, he then quickly at some point absconds for Yemen, and he's now one of the most senior al-Qaeda figures on the planet. He actually is a very senior figure in al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. And as we've explained, you know, this is often thought of as being this affiliate of al-Qaeda, which is not really accurate. It's basically an arm of al-Qaeda. And some of the guys within AQAP are actually senior management for al-Qaeda globally. And when we watch this guy very carefully on a weekly or monthly basis as he comes out with material, 
Kosi, the way he's speaking, he certainly speaks as if he's a senior Al-Qaeda leader globally. So this is a guy who, who, who has much more importance than just an individual lone wolf attacker, so-called lone wolf attacker. This is a guy who's actually serving in the senior management capacity. And some of the guys, not all of them, and maybe not even most of them, but some of the guys who are being approved for transfer now and who are going out certainly could fill those types of roles going forward. So now let's talk about why President Obama is so determined to do this. I mean, there's an easy thing to say, which is Gitmo is working. You know, it's it's there. It's it's not an issue in America's daily lives. You know, Congress just voted to keep people in Gitmo at Gitmo. And I I want to ask you about two people. One is the average Joe Schmo Democrat who voted with President Obama in the House. I think there are 174 of them to release Gitmo detainees. I mean, who wants to go back and campaign on the, I'm the guy who wants to bring Gitmo detainees to a local prison? So that's one group. The other group is President Obama himself and the White House. What is it that they're thinking that makes them so determined to fight this fight that the American people just aren't with them? You know, I, I, I can only uh, speak to what Obama and others say publicly about this stuff. And I, you know, when I, when I look at what President Obama says publicly, he has sort of a set of ideological talking points that he uses to explain his rationale. And his talking points are not grounded in any sort of uh, observation or empirical facts. And I'll give you an example. The biggest example of that is, is that President Obama constantly says that Guantanamo is a major recruiting tool for al-Qaeda, ISIS, and other jihadist groups. And, it, and, it, and previously, back in 2010, he, he said it was probably the number one recruitment tool for al-Qaeda and jihadist organizations. Well, a couple things about this. One, the administration has never provided any sort of study or empirical evidence to show that this is true. Uh, I've said for years, go ahead and show me the study. If you can prove that this is the case and you can show me compelling evidence, I'm willing to change my mind. That's the first thing. But they haven't. They haven't provided any empirical evidence to buttress that point at all. The second thing is, as a nerd who follows these organizations very carefully on a day-to-day basis, in multiple languages, mind you, and we get transcripts of, of uh, these, these releases from these different organizations and the propaganda they put out, we don't see any evidence that oh, Guantanamo is a major recruiting tool for al-Qaeda, ISIS, or these other groups. Uh, is it mentioned sometimes in the propaganda? Sure. But even in a lot of those cases, it's very difficult to explain it as a recruiting mechanism. You know, For example, if it's in the biography of a former detainee who goes on to be a senior al-Qaeda leader like Ibrahim al-Khosi, that hardly helps your case that basically this is appearing in propaganda, therefore we need to close it. If anything, that shows you that it's appearing in that instance in propaganda to buttress this guy as a guy who you know, got out of Guantanamo, somebody we shouldn't have let go, and who's now a major figure within al-Qaeda. Um, so I think it's very uh, disingenuous to say that this is something that, that he and his, his advisors sort of believe without providing any evidence. And what I say to journalists who are inclined to believe this, who are inclined to believe that Guantanamo is a major recruitment tool, I say it over and over again, well – Let's see the evidence. Go ahead and provide me evidence. Don't provide me some ad hoc sort of uh, references to where it's mentioned in Guantanamo propaganda. Or, I'm sorry, in jihadi propaganda, without showing a, you know, what the context of those references is. B, where it's at. You have to show me where it's actually used as part of a recruiting message. And then C, you have to show me how that it's actually effective. And this is what people are responding to as a recruitment tool. And they haven't shown any of that. They haven't shown one one sliver of that. Uh, so the bottom line is this is just a talking point that's used by sort of the people who are ideologically opposed to uh, Guantanamo, and they want a national security rationale for closing it. And I just – I constantly say put up or shut up. You know, either show me the evidence for this or stop saying it, and they, of course, haven't shown the evidence at all. 
Well, thank you for putting up with me today. I appreciate that, Tom Jocelyn, at the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. And great work, as always, with uh, Steve Hayes, who, by the way, admitted to me today that he just piggybacks his whole career on you. So, no, uh, I don't think that's true. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he, de- he definitely owes you lunch or a drink. Thanks for joining us for the Weekly Standard Podcast. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. Also, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.com, and you'll never miss another one. I'm your host, Michael Graham.